just want to thank you, uh, actually, for praying for us last week as a South site. We, um, we got to amazingly celebrate five years uh, as a site, as an uh, all-nations site in our, in our South. And um, we got to do that in lots of ways. We, uh, we had a cake and we had a baby dedication. And, uh, but I, I know that you guys prayed for us and uh, it was, it's so good to know. Uh, that we have um, uh, our friends and our family up this end of the town. And um, we got to thank God for amazing faithfulness over five years. But also we got to uh, really hope uh, and look forward to uh, lots of stuff in the future. And um, we get to do that with you. Um, There'll be lots of things we're going to be asking you for and of uh, over those next few years. Um, so thank you. Uh, just thought I'd, uh, I'd just kind of get that in right at the beginning. Um, so we're gonna, pro- um, we're gonna uh, be looking at uh, Ephesians this morning, again, as a family. Uh, we're still in chapter one. Um, we got to chapter, uh, to verse 15 to 23. Um, but I'm gonna, uh, right at the beginning of this chapter, there's, um, a small phrase called for this reason that says for this reason and it's much like the phrase therefore when you get to a phrase like that you know you have to go back and check what has been said or done uh, in the previous um, verses so we're going to do that this morning. I'm going to read the whole of chapter one um, as we start I don't think we're up we're, we're up and going thanks guys for getting that going this morning that's brilliant So, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be to the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavishes upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to the purpose which he has set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purposes of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, 
I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers, that the Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. Amen. It seems that there are two uncontrollable urges that come over you when you become middle-aged. The first is an urge to flick through cruise magazines. And the second is National Trust membership. (laughs) The former I've not suffered from uh, as yet, fortunately, mainly because I can't afford it anymore. But the latter I did succumb to in the summer. I am now in a nationwide family who has full, unrestricted access to some of the most beautiful places in the country. Alongside a discount on garden kneelers (laughs) and National Trust branded bird feeders and assorted accessories. I also get an informative monthly magazine. Our first visit, myself and Jess as members, was to Anglesey Abbey. Um, And I was able to flash my card at uh, at the till and, and walk straight through and look at the queue that we're paying. It was quite, quite nice after so many years of paying quite a lot of money to get in places like that. Um, you even got to kind of look at the golf buggies and think, mm, shall I go around on one of those? <laughs> Maybe not. Not quite there yet. But in Anglesey Abbey, in the house, what, um, what was quite astonishing was as you walked in, there wasn't a red rope in sight. In fact, they were actively inviting you to sit on the furniture, to touch the fixtures and fittings, to sit at the writing desks and open the books. I I first thought that that was because I was a new member and I was a VIP, but actually everybody else was doing it. It was truly an access all areas experience. And as I read through the first part of this chapter, it's as if Paul becomes our tour guide, taking us through a beautiful home of priceless treasures. And he gets to introduce the tour like this. Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's as if he's saying, look at this amazing house filled with every good thing in Christ. Come and let me show you the riches that you now stand in. 
In this passage, it's as if Paul takes us room by room, showing us priceless treasures. Imagine if you were on a tour of the house and the rooms were filled with some of these flashing away. (laughs) And then you are handed on the way out a bunch of keys and told, no, 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 you're, you're no longer a visitor. You are now, it's now yours. It's yours to own. It's funny how often we read passages like this as if we're behind our own self-imposed red rope with our visitor badge on and our visitor mentality. Longing, don't we, to step over the rope and tread on the fine carpet, to sit on the sofa, to jump on the bed and see if the fruit in the bowl is real. (laughs) We've all done that, haven't we? Got to poke it. I knew it was real, but I just have to poke it. Paul is wanting to remind the church that every spiritual blessing they now have access to and ownership of and that they should be constantly taking possession of it. Which is why now Paul uh, makes the emphasis for this reason. It's now for this reason that I pray unceasingly that you receive wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your hearts are enlightened, that you know the hope to which you are called. You know what it means to stand in the riches of his glorious inheritance. And I pray that you continually know what a demonstration of his power can do when it falls upon those who have faith to believe. Paul's prayer starts by giving thanks for the journey so far, for the faith and the love that had already grown up amongst them. But he's also pleading to the church not to be spectators, not to be onlookers or observers, but to come and be participants, owners, investors, to come and be practitioners of his power for the kingdom of God. And how relevant that prayer still is for the church today. And how relevant that prayer is for this room today, this morning. You see, God wants to say to us this morning, well done for the journey so far. Well done for the love and faith you already demonstrate amongst yourselves. But let me keep encouraging you to go again, to come again and ask again to have your eyes of your hearts opened again to the riches that you already possess. To come again and be reminded of the immeasurable power that you now have through the risen Christ. Let me encourage you this morning If this is you, don't be a spectator. Don't be an onlooker. Don't be just an observer while God gets to move powerfully among us. It's so good to hear increasingly stories of healings, uh, even this morning. Amazing. Praise God. Great stories of salvation and lives being turned around. But let's keep going. Let's keep asking for more. As his family, as his church, let's be crying out together.
for it not to stop, but instead of to ask for it to increase, let's keep going for it until he tells us to stop. Perhaps some of us are growing a little tired of stories from Bogota. Maybe we're growing a bit weary of the video and the references to it. And you know what? That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But let me tell you, when the fire of the Spirit came on that, on that town, on that city, and they were caught up with that, they didn't let their voices grow dim. They didn't allow their cries to get lost again under the suffocating hopelessness of that city. They will have asked again and again, Lord, send more of your spirit down on this desolate place. Yes, that's right. And you know what? 25 years and 75,000 people or more later, God is transforming a dark and desperate corner of this world. You know what, I'd watch that video a thousand times if it helped me understand what God can do in this town Amen. and this nation. Amen. I want that for this town. I want that for this nation. I want to see revival break out. I want to commend this man to you, actually. I stood in the kitchen out the back a couple of weeks ago after a meeting about 11 o'clock at night we were washing up as you do and Richard turned and said to me I've stepped onto a road in a direction that I know in my spirit I cannot now turn back from and this is where this man is right now not just because he's my boss and he's my friend but we need to be praying for him. We need to be praying for him and Ginny. We need to get behind him. We need to say yes when he wants to pray for us. And I know he'll say, actually, it's not all about me. And it's not all about Richard. But he's in a very courageous place right now and he still needs us to pray for him regularly. And if a passionate prayer wasn't enough for Paul, we end this chapter with him giving the church a renewed vision of the risen Christ. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and all authority and all power and all dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which you, his body, the fullness of him who he fills all in all. What Paul is trying to encourage again in this letter is not only do we get to enjoy the riches of his inheritance, but that we all, he also pours in and fills up his church with the immeasurable power of the fullness of the risen Christ. And as a result, we get folded in to the fullness 
of his purposes. As I shared in a previous preach a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, we don't get the light version of the power of Christ. We don't get the one with the stabilizers on. We get the fully loaded, the all-in-all, unrestricted, undiluted power of the cross power filling his church, us, for works that get to bring about his kingdom on this earth. When I was about 13, I remember taking a trip to Coventry Cathedral. And as I walked in, the first thing that struck me was this huge, incredible tapestry. There you go. Um, And I I remember um, looking at it and being struck by an unfamiliar image of a seated Christ. I'd come from an Anglican background and uh, the cross and very often the crucifix was um, uh, the sort of predominant image uh, that I grew up with and I understood and I formed my understanding of the church from. But I remember that through this, uh, this, this visual image of Christ having a profound effect on me. And it was only years later as I read this passage and I remembered this image that I finally made sense. It was, as Paul says, like the eyes of my heart have been enlightened The risen Christ truly was king on the throne. He was seated. He didn't need to stand anymore. All his enemies defeated for all time. Predestined before the foundations of the earth to rule and reign. Job done. That's now my vision of Christ. That's the one that now holds my attention when I get to pray for the sick, when I get to speak authority as sight leader over fear, when I get to speak authority over addiction and bondage and cancer and mental illness, when I get the privilege to speak his hope and his joy and his peace into broken lives. That's the vision that I see. It's my vision of my king on the throne that now holds my attention and demands for me to go again and ask for more. Paul knew the church constantly needed a vision of Christ for them to remain anchored as a people and power and authority. He knew that the supremacy of Christ had to be at the heart of all they were and all they did in order for them to grow and remain as a world-changing people of God. When the Holy Spirit moves among the people of God, his primary role is to give them a vision of Christ. Not of him hanging on a cross That's a place for us to remember grace and mercy and poured out passion. That's a place of gratitude and humility. And that's, of course, what we've done at the table this morning. But the vision of Christ that the Holy Spirit now wants to call us to 
and particularly in times when he's wanting to move in great power amongst us, is the one that raises our heads above the hopeless and inadequate constraints of this world. It's the one that shows us again the risen, seated king who rules and reigns above all things, who has dominion over all power and authority, all other names that are named, which includes every sickness, every fear, and even death. But you know what's most astonishing about this vision is that all of that power and all of that authority now gets poured in, in all its fullness, into the church, who are us. Nothing of the power of Christ is withheld from us. Is that your vision of Christ right now? Is that the vision that holds your attention when you go out into the places and among the people of your world? Is that the vision of our family here that brings us together, that holds us and sh- uh, in shared attention, that has us hanging on every prophetic word, every promise, every story of healing and every glorious breakthrough salvation? Is it for us a joined together vision of the risen Christ that causes us to want to gather together in groups to pray and cry out to the Lord more, more of your power and your presence, Lord? Do we have a joined together vision of Christ, all nations, that transforms our worship, our welcome? our generosity, our joy, our pioneering spirit and our courage. When the Holy Spirit casts a vision of Christ like this out amongst his church, it was never meant to be a taster session or a toe-dipping exercise. It was never meant to be a try before you buy God's vision of Christ for us was never designed to work for spectators or onlookers because it was always meant for us to be stood under it and for it to be poured out into us. It was meant for the willing and the obedient, the hungry and the thirsty, the weak and the inadequate to say yes and give me more. And that includes every single one of us in the room this morning, including me. Are you in need of a renewed vision of Christ this morning? Because you know it's the only way we're really going to fully make sense of what's happening right now. And more likely what will be happening in the next months and uh, years to come. Praise God. Maybe a vision of Christ is something that's missing, that's been missing up to now in your lives. Or life has just managed to kind of wear it down and fade it out. 
let me encourage you. It's the primary role of the Holy Spirit to deal with that this morning. Why don't you let him do that? Why don't we stand? I'd actually like a few people to gather around Rich and Jin. I think it'd be really good to, as a family, that we keep praying for these guys. But I'm just going to pray. And as I pray, I'm going to invite anybody, you know, I don't care if nobody comes up, but I'm just going to pray and invite anybody who wants to come and just receive again a vision of Christ, a renewed vision of Christ, one that enables him to pour his power into us. I'm going to invite anybody who's feeling like they're just spectating at the moment, that they're really not quite getting what's going on or what's happening and you're just there and you're thinking, I, I really, I'm not feeling it. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to invite you to come and be prayed for. I'd love to pray for you. There's some guys down here that would love to pray for you. So Father God, I just, uh, I thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you reveal Christ in such an amazing way, such an astonishing way, Lord God. Lord, that you get to rule and you reign and that you have power and dominion over all things. Lord, where we feel weak and inadequate, God, you come and you fill us with that same power, Lord. I whisper that now this morning. Lord, I ask for your power to come down in this room. Lord, where people need a new vision of you, Lord, would we see that? Lord, I want to pray if you're, if you're a spectator or you're just onlooking at the moment, I just... Uh, well, I pray, would you gather them up? Would you gather them up? Would you show them what your vision is right now of the risen Lord? Lord, I pray that you come and include all of us in the amazing journey that we're on right now, oh God. Lord, I want to pray your power come down. Lord, we want to pray and continue to pray for healing amongst us. Lord, so good this morning to hear testimony of that. But Lord, we say we want more. Lord, we want more. Come and bring your power, your healing power in amongst us, Lord. Will it rest on those who need, who need healing right now, who need relief from pain. Lord, those who need reassurance from fear Lord break that out amongst us
But Lord, we, we pray for revival. Lord, we pray for revival for this town, for this nation. Lord God, when it starts with a vision of you, rolling and reigning, Lord God, when it starts with an uh, encounter of your power, Lord God, amongst us, Lord, would we not grow weary from asking for revival right now, Lord? And Lord, raise up a generation, even in this room, Lord God, even amongst our children out the back, raise up a generation, Father God, that carries your power, that carries your purposes, that carries your commission. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you uh, that you're with us this morning. We thank you that all for all that you've done amongst us this morning. Thank you that you are king on the throne. Amen. Amen. If you have children, um, please go and relieve our children's workers. Um, if you would like prayer... I'd love to pray for you. These guys would love to pray for you. Uh, please don't go without um, taking advantage of that. But do join us for tea and coffee. Let's be family together.